Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, live viewers. Welcome on into the Mental Health Hour, episode 18. Hello, Gemma, how are you? Hey, not too bad. Happy haircut. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, haircut day. And uh, hello to Molly and Hannah and Knowledge a couple days ago. And a hello to all the replay viewers that's coming. And there's Ella one of our active sponsors here. So <clears throat> today we have another great episode for you. Um, we, we are going to be joined here momentarily. Hi, mom. We're going to be joined here momentarily by one of the platform's premier stars. Um, she, it, uh, we are uh, all dealing with mental health issues, mental health, um, in some way, shape or form, depression, anxiety, um, substance abuse. Uh, these all affect our lives from day to day. Um, and, you know, some more than others, but the COVID-19 pandemic has been something like nothing else we've ever experienced. And it's just fueled this fire, if you will. Um, for the mental health uh, side of things. So without any further ado, let's bring in our guest, Doe, darling. Hello, Doe. Hello, hi everyone. And yes, Gemma, your hair looks amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, hi. Doe, uh, how has your mental health, we'll just get right into it. How has your mental health been affected uh, by this pandemic that, I mean, it's something, like I said earlier, we have not dealt with this or dealt with anything of this magnitude before. Um, certainly, I feel like we've all in some way, shape or form have, have some depression or anxiety that we deal with day to day. Um, would, would you say that's true for yourself? Yeah, certainly true. And, you know, I was just thinking the pandemic, I don't think there's barely anyone that hasn't been affected in some way, especially with their mental health, whether that be, you know, like the financial stress, losing a job, losing loved ones, the isolation, it has been really tough for everyone. And any, you know, mental health problems that you may have had seem to have been, you know, exaggerated. Uh, exaggerated during this pandemic and uh, just made it even harder for those to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been quite a, uh, quite a crazy time to say the very least. Uh, you know, I myself have been going through, uh, obviously, as you all know, in the, in the audience, uh, my mental health throughout, throughout this past year, year and a half, and uh, the pandemic certainly has not made it any easier, um, especially because <clears throat> during all of this, my work has not shut down at all. And if anything, I've gotten more work out of it um, because we're still having spike numbers over here, uh, which is putting firefighters off duty, quarantined, and then we can't let those um, positions go unfilled. So uh, sometimes I just don't get to go home. Uh, and, you know, trying to deal with mental health on my side, keeping myself good, but then overworking has been quite a struggle as well. 
Um, do you, Gemma, uh, do you have anything going on with the pandemic on your side uh, with mental health, with your, um, your own? Oh yeah, definitely. Like with everything that I'd already been through and then being told that you can't go out and then because I was high risk anyway and had to stay in and then trying to keep on top of it for Thomas's health and literally going to the extreme of sterilizing everything that came over the door threshold. It was like, it was driving me crazy. And I ended up making myself ill with it because of stressing about what I was bringing into the house and not being able to go out, being physically trapped in the house. I think I didn't go out for, apart from the hospital visits for chemo, it was a good four or five months continuous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that didn't help. I can definitely relate to that because I actually have germophobia and I know a lot of people don't necessarily take that so seriously, but it has really at times affected my life like in a really bad way. So for someone that has germophobia and to be in a pandemic, it has been incredibly tough and stressful for me. During the whole pandemic, my partner was classed as a key worker. So um, he had to work throughout the entire thing and with the public and, uh, you know, he was put in these situations and I couldn't control it. Like I just wanted to keep us safe and I couldn't control, you know, when he was outside of the house or what he was like bringing back into the house. And so, yeah, I was the same, you know, having to like sterilize everything, clean everything. It just put my like germophobia into overdrive. And, you know, it was very stressful just trying to keep safe. I felt like I was in sort of like a survival mode during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the hospitals, I mean, they're doing their best, but they're just overrun right now, especially over on my side of the globe. Um, still today, we're walking in, uh, bringing patients in on the ambulance and uh, just so many people uh, are, are stopping in, even with symptoms uh, of the COVID uh, COVID nineteen, or um, at least one thing I can say is that things seem to be <clears throat> they seem to be being handled a little better. Um, when this all first started, it was very unknown what we were dealing with, uh, what would happen if you got it. Everybody was very scared. Um, obviously. Uh, mm. But now I feel like we've got a better grip on what we're dealing with. We just don't know how to control it, uh, per se. Um, so uh, do you have any other um, things for the COVID-19 pandemic in general that you'd like to talk about, Deb? Well, you know, it was, oh. I can only talk about like my experience and uh, I, I, like I said, I felt like I was in some survival mode. Now, I think one of the worst things that you could do during yeah. the pandemic was, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, it was like doom scrolling. Like we were like, our brains were infiltrated with all this information, all this like negativity. Um, 
you know, during the whole thing. And while you wanted to keep up with what was happening and be informed and keep up with the news, there was a t at times when it was just too much. So one of the things that I decided to do um, last year was I started a Discord group and the one rule of the group was no talking about the news. I just wanted an escape from the news, somewhere that we could go where we didn't have to think about it. And I feel like it was really helpful to a lot of people, we just shared, uh, uh, you know, memes and, and cute pictures. And I started a art club and we had uh, weekly, you know, competitions. And I loved seeing everyone's art and I created some amazing art at that time. And that was just one thing that I did to keep focused and to help, you know, me and my friends just keep our minds in some kind of positive um, frame of mind. I think Tim's got a few little technical issues. Yeah. There we go. Oh, oh are we back? Awesome. Yes. I don't think Sorry we about that. do a broadcast without some sort of technical <laughs> That like, is true. There's always something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely with what um, oh, definitely with what you were saying. Like, I know from the hospital side as well, it's put everything on hold, like oh Thomas had a chemo appointments cut into half and then they reduced his chemo to less than a quarter. And then everything I've had has been cancelled and even now trying to pick it back up is just ridiculous. But that has then... been one of the like tough things for people, people mm -hmm. that don't, you know, like have other things that they need the NHS and need dealt with, not being able to get those appointments because the you know the NHS was so overrun I know like during the very start of the pandemic I got diagnosed with a lifelong condition and I couldn't get any of the help until now that I needed so I was just left and when I like I had to go to hospital for an operation and you know it was very stressful having to go by yourself you know take the covid test yeah. and it was just like a very traumatic experience especially when i'd had to wait like eight months in like excruciating pain every day and when you're in that kind of pain it's very mm. hard to keep positive and keep going the days when you wake up and you're just like i can't do this anymore and then when you have the pandemic on top of it like it's just a hard time so I really feel for all those people like I know Gemma as well who was like struggling so much wanting like to get those appointments and they was just like kept getting pushed back or delayed and you know it's just been a really stressful time for you as well and when you're in pain like that I can just imagine it was so tough yeah yeah and it certainly doesn't help to your like it doesn't help your mental health condition having a both weight for the appointments that you've been waiting for so long already but then having to go to the hospital by yourself yeah like literally the other day I had to go for a scan to be sedated I wasn't allowed anybody in with me so I was already panicking about that but then you can't drive home so like it's just it's just ridiculous and it's one of like, the most like heartbreaking things for me was um, my brother got diagnosed with cancer and I remember he was taken into hospital and no one could be with him and he was just on the phone like literally begging for my mother 
to come and she couldn't go and it was just like it absolutely broke my heart because there was nothing I could do nothing she could do and I know that situation happened for so many people and like so many people were losing loved ones and they couldn't be there for them at the time and it was just absolutely heartbreaking and all that trauma like so many people have experienced during this time that's going to take a, a long time to you know to to get better from that it's it's absolutely yeah and yes um, i was in the hospital for two weeks during the first lockdown and because nobody could come and visit so like thomas couldn't come and visit me and he actually stopped speaking to me it took me nearly four days to get him to speak to me when i got back he just didn't want to know he became selective mute in the end and had to have appointments for that as well because he wouldn't speak and he thought that I'd left him I ended up giving him um, my old phone and stuff so that we could talk but in the end he just stopped speaking to me and I sorry I was just gonna say I can't imagine how it has affected children as well because they don't fully you know understand what's going on it must be so mm. scary I tried to imagine me as a child at this time and you know I just think it's so hard, yeah. so hard on everyone, but especially, like you said, like Thomas, he didn't really understand what was going on. And that must just be, especially with everything that he's like going through, it's just another thing, you know, and that must have been so tough. With everything, with all the children, not being able to go to school, not knowing what was going on, having to have the- Exactly, lessons. it must have been so scary. Oh, it's so scary, so it's scary for them. The whole world was literally turned upside down overnight and no matter what you say to them. Absolutely. You don't want to say too much to upset them and worry them, but then you can't say anything that will put them at ease or anything and make it any more understandable. It's it's hard to understand what's going on at that age, you know, with mm-hmm. anything. But then again, also, uh, there's... the they might be young enough that they don't have much to put it up against. You know, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some mm-hmm. of them uh, were of the age where this was the norm, you know? Um, uh, so, and then all the schooling that I know we've had uh, to do um, the, the online schooling all last year, uh, my stepkids are back in school uh, this year, but um, that, that's a bit of stress added on to, the parents as well, um, because you know I I particularly was trying to teach all these classes to middle school and elementary school kids, and I'm I didn't go to school to be a teacher. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. I'm a firefighter. I, that's I can teach you that stuff. Um, so I mean, there was that that added stress as well, and the kids don't know any better. They're they're just trying to do their best. So it's definitely, it has to be an absolute uh, culture shock to especially the high school kids who are getting ready to go into their senior years and, and stuff. And mm. you know, this, these are the formidable years. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, the economic uh, downfall that we've sustained over here um, has also thrown people into a world of depression and I, it's just when you lock down an entire country or globe for this matter <clears throat> you're telling people they can't go out and i don't know about 
you guys, but to me, isolation and detachment were two of my worst things that I was doing to myself. Isolating from the world and detaching away from everybody was just fueling my depression. Do you guys feel the same? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I'm feeling it even more this year. Like, as humans, we are social creatures. And even though I am an introvert, I still need to be around people. And I think on the first year of the pandemic, apart from, you know, the hospital visits, I only saw like three other people once. And like this year, I've only seen two people. Like that's the only interaction I've had like with people. So I'm really, really missing that social interaction, but I still have this, even though like I have my two jobs, you know, and everything, I still have this anxiety to to meet up with people and be around people. But at the same time, I have a real need for it. Like I am missing this social interaction. I'm missing being out there um, around people. It's tough. It's tough being isolated for so long and it does nothing for your mental health being because all you have is yourself and then you start overthinking and you know you don't have any kind of distraction from it. So it is tough being being like cooped up. And I feel like we could all do we could all deal with this, you know, together if we had some sort of end in sight. Like if they were to tell us, okay, we're gonna lock down and it's gonna be for two weeks and it's gonna suck and we're all gonna get through it. And then, you know, once that two weeks is up, we're good. But there's just no end in sight still. We're a year and a half later and it's it still feels yeah. I think the the only thing for me is the hope that I just remember that like everything you know, ch change is inevitable and everything is a cycle and nothing lasts forever. So I know there will be a point where, you know, it won't be like this. And I think that's the, the only thing that really keeps me going because normally I do like to have like an end date to focus on. Then, you know, you can get through something. And when there isn't that end date, it can be hard. But I just remember everything is a cycle and, you know, it, it, it can be tough right now but um things will get better and things will change so that's that's how i personally see it yeah absolutely Gemma, did you want to touch on any of these slides that you have uh yeah i've just noticed that one was a double up so i'm just messing okay. around um just ignore the fact there's a number missing yeah so i've pulled off um some slides that is from the actual charity that you're raising money for. Do you want to talk about what you're doing, raising money? Well, yes, yeah, so, you know, um, it was last year in the, you know, the start of the pandemic last year, um, what actually really got me into walking, because previously I wasn't walking, like I was doing like 150 steps a day. Like I walked to the bathroom and back, you know, I wasn't <laughs> moving. Um, but when I developed the nerve pain in my arm and it got to the point where I couldn't do anything anymore like that I love to do, that was something else that was really tough during the pandemic, you know, I couldn't do my art, I couldn't do my music, I couldn't play instruments, and um, everything I loved I felt like I lost at that point, and it was extremely tough, we were in a pandemic, I couldn't go out, I couldn't socialize, I lost everything I love due to this chronic pain and waking up thinking oh so what do I do now there were times when I just cried like all day because I didn't see the point in even waking up anymore so mm -hmm. I thought to myself well 
I need to find something else, something else I enjoy, something else I focus on. And I was like, well, my legs still work. So why don't I try walking? And I started walking, I started hiking, I put some music in and it was like meditation. I used it as a type of meditation, a type of therapy. Like I would talk to myself as I'm walking. You could have a really great conversation getting out all your feelings while you're walking, listening to music. And that's when I decided to take part in Miles for Refugees, where I raised money um, for the British Red Cross. And I think we made like £750 last year. So that's why this year I thought I'd do the similar thing, but this time raise money for Mind because I know how important mental health is and how much people have been struggling. So I thought this would be the perfect charity to raise money for. And for me, getting out in nature and walking not only benefits, you know, like me physically, but it really benefits me mentally as well. So that is why, you know, I decided to do the 100 miles in October that I'm going to be walking. Mm -hmm. So for mind. That's amazing. And I pulled off some slides on here. I'm just going to pop them up if I can remember how to do it. So these are actually taken from Mind itself, and I'm just going to pop them up. Um, there we go. So let me bring it up here so I can see um, and the self. So the first one on the top left is relating to uh, have you accessed or tried to access any services for yourself during the lockdown period? And it was like the first one, yes, I accessed support. Yes, I tried but could not get access. No, I did not want to or need any support. And then no, I did not know how to access support. And then no, I did not think my issue was serious enough. And then other. Now, when I looked into the no, I did not think my issue was serious enough. A lot of people actually answered that they were concerned that others were more important and didn't want to be a burden on the system that was already overloaded with that uh the bottom left one does age change how loneliness impacted the mental health during the lockdown and this slide shows the ages that were of the um the surveys they did which was um thousands and thousands of people that they actually asked under 18 18 to 24 24 to 34 35 to 44, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, and 65 plus. So looking at that, the age that was impacted the most was the 18 to 24. And then slowly, like quickly followed by the um, 25 to 34. So it did seem to impact the younger generation a lot more. I'm looking at the um, the top right hand um, statistics concerns that negativity uh, negatively affected mental health. So um, there was the BAME people and then white people, and it said that employment was the biggest concern for everybody. Uh, which it would be because of like lots of people losing their jobs, lots and lots of businesses, particularly over here, uh, were struggling to actually keep going and many, many went bust. Then finances uh, was the second most uh, concerning. Uh, getting physical health support 
and then caring for somebody else. And then the bottom right slide, overall, how well do you think you are coping with the stress related to the coronavirus during the um, pandemic? And it was the um, total population in red and then the 18 to 24 year bracket because that was the one that they deemed that was the most affected um, in this. And then I'm just going to pop this one up here. Just got to find it on my screen so I can see it bigger. Um, like, I'm not going to go, like, over this excessively. But, again, the um, it showed that they, on this one, aged 13 to 17 and then 18 to 24. And it was um, in relation to the things that they were having struggle with and how many this one was how many people had contacted the um, either mind charity or other mental health services and um, which was on these statistics here so school pupils alone was 8,819,765 during the pandemic that had to reach out for mental health support. Um, and then there was, it was about people with pre-existing conditions that already had to reach out and things like that. And then the age groups that were affected again, which um, were, it was mentioned before it's just a different kind of graph and then it was saying uh, how has your mental health changed in the past two weeks and it was like much worse a lot of people said it was worse um same very very few said better or much better um but the people that said better or much better is because they were getting to spend more time at home and i guess it was depending on what job they were doing uh which would give that answer but um anyway this one here let me bring this one up this is the number of calls that mind charity alone received both before and after uh, before and during the covid pandemic the red being before so that was the years 2017 to 2019 and then during COVID in the blue, which was just April 2020 alone. So right in the middle of it all that was happening. And that just shows. And it, um, it said some of the biggest concerns, psychological distress, loneliness, binge drinking, drinking on typical uh, drinking day, alcohol frequency that had increased smoking number of cigarettes increased and it's just some of the things that people were saying that had been um, discussed during and being struggled with during the pandemic and then this last one here and again that's just a quick view of the number of people again um covid generated um admissions and referrals to the mental health service and then um, other things like people that was had already been in the system and then the ones that had been generated because of the covid pandemic
and it just shows that it's added a massive massive impact to the services that were already stretched and i say these are just based in the uk so right. anyway there we go sorry yeah, uh, i i think sorry go on tim oh no that's i'm that's okay i i just you touched on a, a lot of good stuff there that is also very transferable over to the united states as well uh, go ahead joe no i was just going to say and you know that's why you can see mind is so important um they're a really great charity and i was just reading that um they responded to like 119,000 like people's calls and they like online they're like um really important charity and one that i really really do believe in so i hope we can raise some money for them and help people out with their mental health because you know there is a lack of support for, for mental health here in the UK and don't know what it's like in America probably the same um so you know anything really helps yes uh, I'm just putting it in the uh, in the chat now um, thanks and we've we, uh, we've thrown it in the chat a few times the, the link trying. to help support doe uh on this 100 mile walk and what is that 160 is it 160 kilometers yeah i think that it works out as that yeah so you're doing so this well. over the the month of october is that yeah right? so you it's 100 miles during october so um yeah i'm a bit like ah do you have do a it? game plan like are you thinking like a certain amount of miles per day or I wish I was about like three, I think about three and a half miles a day. But you know, this with my chronic pain, there's like some days I can't. So I'm just going to try mm -hmm. for the most miles I can on the good days so we can make up for any down days. So um, yeah, it's just going to be walk, walk, walk this whole right. October. Like I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to be haps in a lot of the walks so I can take oh, you awesome. all with. So and I want to touch, I do want to touch on that momentarily, but let's go ahead and throw up your video here that. Um, you created real quick since we're talking about the, the walk. Here's a, a video from Dale. Don't you quit. You do make a difference. You do make a difference. You do make a difference. As weak as you are, as tired as you are, as many mistakes as you made, you do make a difference. There is something they would lose if you were not there. There was something that they would miss if you were not there. You do make a difference. You do make a difference. Don't you quit. That's that so was awesome. some. Oh, thanks. That was some clips that was taken from uh, one of the walks I did on on Haps, and uh, yeah, I just hope you know the message gets across that just keep going, and uh, you do make a difference. Absolutely. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the award. Thanks, everybody, for the award. And uh, thanks for stopping in tonight. Uh, haven't really I feel been... like we've neglected the comments. <laughs> haven't really been, been uh, in the comments too much tonight. And I apologize for that. But I do let you guys know that every time we do a broadcast, um, I do go back and I look through all the comments and I try and respond to folks. Um, so I might not catch it until after the show, but I'll definitely get to the comments as well. Hi um, Jim, hi Danny, hi Vito, hi Molly, hi David, hi everyone, if I didn't say hi, I appreciate you being here, so hi. Yes, we appreciate everybody and we really appreciate the awards um, and, and definitely uh, 
our active sponsor, Miss Ella. Uh, she's here tonight as well. You can see her bunny rabbit. Can here. I just say how cute that bunny is with the little glasses? Like, I think I'm in love with that bunny. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, my mybunnyvalentine.com. Yeah, you can use the fire fire dude fifteen code and you can get fifteen percent off. Oh, this nice. <laughs> yes, but um, so going back to the haps haps in your walks, um, I am intrigued by this because uh, it 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 plays such a great role into tonight's conversation. <clears throat> I saw somebody, I think it was Ella, actually mentioned earlier in the comments that this platform and and live streaming in general. Um, has really helped a lot of folks through these times of COVID-19, mm. through these times of isolation and detachment um, and being locked down. We can still come together and uh, still be together as a family on here for, uh, you know, get together and, and, you know, talk about anything, just be social still. Yeah. It's the only well, way some people have got out as well to get, to be able to see some of the like the world or just out out yeah. so i know that certainly helped me but yeah yeah so Can you imagine a time if this was like at a time when we didn't have you know this kind of uh social media that would have been even more tougher and you know i just want to say like a big shout out to all the creators and you know all the people that live stream that have kept me certainly and so many people entertained and connected throughout this like you have like helped so much when you probably didn't even realize you know um just being able to come on here chat with people in the comments whether you're a streamer or a person that's just in the comments you know just having that social connection so you don't feel so alone during this time has been incredibly um beneficial so shout out to everyone yeah absolutely um it's it's just been a great thing to be a part of uh myself included this this has been an outlet for some um, stress you know or stress relief uh getting to come on and talk about this every week or just uh hanging out with ella late at night uh doing some fun drawing and grounding and, and all that stuff it's just been a wonderful um additional thing that we've had here this platform has really helped get a lot of people through the pandemic. So the fact that you're going to uh, take the, the uh, take us on your walks, uh, you know, with some of them, at least. Uh, do you have any plans for any any good sites or uh, anything? Well, to you know, I'm quite lucky that I live in, you know, right near quite rural area. And there's some lovely locations around me. I think it probably be raining a lot of the time. But that is not going to stop us. You know, it is England. It is October. But, you know, it's autumn time as well. So all the leaves, you know, I'm ready for spooky season. So I am really looking forward to getting out, you know, checking out that nature, getting some fresh air and hopefully maybe possibly a little bit of sunshine. We might get some autumn sunshine. But, um, yeah, I, I one of the things I've always loved is going out and taking everyone with me as we we go walking because you know i love nature i love being out in it you know for some people they can't get out so i feel like this is a nice thing for them to like watch and enjoy when they can't get out as well i certainly love watching like nature and like travel broadcasts on here as well 
just to you know just to see different different places and when I'm stuck in bed and I'm like in pain and I can't get out just you know to watch people out and about it just makes you feel less alone and it's just you know entertainment and hanging out and chatting with people and having a laugh with your friends they do say like laughter is the best medicine and to some degree I do agree with that like I there's nothing that makes me happier than just chilling out with my friends even on here having a laugh having some banter having some jokes and you know just forgetting just escaping from everything that's going on and this is like Mm -hmm. a great escapism for a while you know just to have you know a bit of a stress relief so you know I really do appreciate haps and live streaming and everyone on it yeah yeah for real I can I can relate to that as well because um for quite a long time this is literally all I had and to to have everything that's going on and then just to be able to shut off and do my own little bit on here because I can't go out or anything mm-hmm. when he's in bed and stuff it was it meant a lot and then when we did that for my birthday uh, the other week that was super fun and just to be able to laugh like you say um, yeah, that was fun yeah like it actually laughed till it hurt at some point <laughs> it was so yeah I think you fun. said your face was aching by the yeah. end of it so you know that's when you've had a good night <laughs> yeah yeah for real yeah Melanie says here the first year in lockdown it kept me going mm. yeah like I said I really appreciate it for live streaming and um, everyone on here it, it it was you know it was such a big help to not feel like so isolated yes exactly. Hi, Eric. it definitely it definitely took that down to a level that was more manageable you know like i was talking about earlier just being isolated inside without any end in sight um being able to hop on here i think has helped a lot of folks um and especially young adults uh, to be able to express themselves as well. And um, everybody's been super active and super awesome on the platform. Um, So yes, a a major shout out to HAPS and and everybody. Um, For those of you just joining in, we're welcoming in Doe Darling tonight. She's talking about her walk for mind, um, mind for uh, the mental health wall for a hundred miles over the course of October um there's links in the chats we'll keep them coming uh throughout the show as well as they disappear um but uh yeah is there anything else you can tell us about uh the the walk or anything well firstly i just want to shout out everyone that has sponsored me so far like i really appreciate it and your encouragement and i actually put to i put together a public playlist so if you check out my twitter you can add your favorite songs to the playlist to help motivate me keep me walking and you know it's actually been quite interesting to see what songs people add there's been some funny ones some very disturbing ones uh we won't go into that but um yeah so if you want to add a song to my spotify playlist and help motivate me keep me walking and share your favorite motivational songs because music yeah music is one that has throughout my entire life been a bit of a savior for me you know um i am a big music fan i love music i don't know where i'd be Mm. without music you know um again that's got me through so much so yeah if you want to add one of your songs uh no Danny Bruno then uh yeah feel free to do that um I thought that'd be a bit of fun 
into action and a bit of motivation because music motivates me so much and I have a lot of miles to do 100 miles damn <laughs> music is uh music is another saving grace to many people uh, that we can talk about for hours on here I'm sure just all of our favorite songs I know you're a big queen fan and uh yeah I'd uh I, I'm gonna have to get on uh and see if I can add a song or two for you on your walk oh my gosh yes that would be good like I'm actually really interested in you know hearing people's I think there's something very special about like someone's favorite song and it says a lot about them so I'd love to hear people's favorite song um you know and what it means so yeah I was really interested in people's favorite songs does it show you who added them or uh if yeah if you have a Spotify account then uh and you obviously use it and it has your like name or whatever on it then it will say it's so I can see who's added it but um I might have to add one for you then um so a couple of things we haven't really touched on with it um and this might not affect as many folks but uh this one affects me uh in general the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that has uh you know come over us uh and um isolated us detached us and increased that depression has also fueled the fire for substance abuse in many folks um, and that, uh, myself included, um, was, was definitely intensified by this pandemic. Uh, it was much easier to just stay inside and, and hide, you know, you didn't have to mm. pretend to be, you know, able to go around. So you could drink a lot more. I could at least, and I didn't have to drive anywhere and all that. So, I mean, there, there's a number of things to, um, to look at with, with substance abuse, as well as, uh, unfortunately, you know, that will bring up the suicide rates. Um, last month was, or this month, was Suicide Awareness Month. Um, and then the, the essential workers also I wanted to touch on that have been on the front line since the start of this. Um, just what an amazing job I think everybody has done as a community. Those that have had to you know, stay at work through this pandemic. And I know that's also very taxing on one's own stress levels, one's uh, mental health. Um, just a massive thank you to everybody that has come together and helped out as far as all of that goes. So I just wanted to touch on those things real quick. Um, but anything to add, guys? Yeah, I was just, I like the people that have had to go out and work during this, I can only imagine how incredibly tough that was. I feel lucky that I I could stay at home in some respects, like I didn't have to be out there. And like I said, my partner, though, had to work throughout the entire thing. And yeah, it was incredibly stressful on his mental health. Um, you know, like being in like the full, you know, get up all the time, having to remember everything, being with members of public, which and them not always wanting to follow the rules and trying to keep himself safe, to keep me safe. It was incredibly draining on him. And, you know, he lost, you know, workmates and friends to um, COVID. And, it, and I would just think, oh, 
you know, it could be him next. Like it was very stressful time. And I feel like it did cause some kind of strain on our relationship as well, because, you know, I would be very stressed and concerned and, you know, with my germophobia I wanted to like control everything and any germs coming into the house and and he was already so over over stressed from work that it was just like and you're only seeing each other and you're stuck in the house together it was just like a very it's been a very like stressful time but the people that have had to go out there and didn't really have a choice and had to keep working through this and in you know especially those that work like with the public like on a day-to-day like I can't imagine the mental stress that took and the worry they had like that at any point they could like um catch COVID and you know and if they did they had to like take time off work or you know when and just the financial stress and the worries like it's been so much for everyone and it's gonna take like such a long time for people to get over that you know that's a lot of stress Mm. and trauma that like builds up in the body um and i feel collectively as a as a world it's something like we've all been going through and so there's just a lot a lot of trauma a lot to deal with and it's going to take a lot of time and i feel we need to remember to be gentle with ourselves and each other and kind ourselves and each other because we've all been through so much like mm. so much i found that it's made people in general more aggressive as well as all this mm. like just having been out and about i found that like not everybody but just in general a lot of people seem more aggressive and more stressed out and yeah i feel like when people are dealing with anxiety it comes out like as aggression especially sometimes to the ones you love or even to strangers like uh, when people are stressed and anxious inside they don't always mean it but yes it often comes out like you know Mm. it's aggression so that yeah there has been a lot of that and you know there's been a lot of like because of divide, you know, with like vaccines or no vaccines or is COVID real? Isn't it real? Did it start from this? There's been a lot of like fighting over that type of thing as well. So it's just been a whole like situation that has just caused so much stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I won't even uh, get into how the vaccination has played into this. Uh, the, just the mental health around everything um, that you're trying to, you know, deal with on your own. And then on top of that, you've got the pressures of the outside, you know, from everybody's points of view. And, you know, I get it too. A lot of people have been cooped up and they have a voice still and they want to be heard. But I mean, that all adds in on our stress as well, whether or not you're making the right choice, whether, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, Mm-hmm. But, uh, what was it? Oh, with the the parents with children, uh, we were talking about earlier, um, with the schooling and everything getting back to normal, um, I think there's going to be a, a bit of, what's the right word here, uh, apprehension, uh, mm-hmm. in sending your kids back out into the world, um, and, and getting back to. Uh, a normal society with, with schooling and everything and getting them because, um, you know, they're, they're like we were talking about earlier, they, they don't really comprehend exactly what has happened. Some of them of, of the mm-hmm. age groups 
And so, I mean, what do you guys think about that getting, well, and it doesn't just have to be children. I mean, ourselves too. How do you feel about re-entering into this uh, world uh, after a, a year and a half of an introvert's dream? <laughs> yeah. Like, certainly the schools are back and they've been back for a while here. And for me, with having Thomas like he is and not having a vaccine for his age, I'm not going to lie, I didn't want to send him back, but then the damage it did to him being off was also really damaging. And I had to work out, like, what is going to be more damaging to him. And I, like, I don't know, but certainly here I've figured that, like, everything seems to be almost, in a way, back to normal. Like, not normal, but a lot of people are acting as if this thing never happened now. Like you can just walk into a shop and there's no like ninety percent of people don't have masks on and people are just walking around doing their daily thing. Like apart from the fact that there's this now fuel crisis and everything going on, but that's a different matter. But everything seems to be going as though it never even happened in some places. And for me, like I made myself physically ill trying to control what was coming in and out of the house and I can't imagine how you managed with that knowing that your partner had to go out of the house and come back in because mm-hmm. like everything that was coming in the house I was literally disinfecting yes. and I had a big box outside that I was making sure everything was going in so that it wasn't coming in until I went out and I was gloving up and I, I took it to the extreme where I made myself very very unwell and having to now go out as if things are normal it's making me ill and overthink things to the point where I'm now like I'm gonna make myself ill again if I don't calm down with it mm-hmm. I, I think the situation in the UK is people are just very desperate to get back to normal mm. and and you know they're, they're tired they're tired from it all but you know it is still happening and you know you still have to take you know the precautions that are needed but people are just tired they just want it to be over who doesn't they're just desperate to get back to normal and to get things going um but for other people like say me and you Gemma that gives me even more anxiety about going out because you know people aren't wearing masks people are staying distance away and so I just feel even more anxiety to be out now because there's you know it's it's a strange one and I think it's going to take me some time before I do you know start doing because I'm like you haven't done like nearly two years to just go out now and you know catch COVID and you know so it's like it's it's a tricky like when the when do you start going out but like the the more I stay in the worse you know your mental health gets so it's like Mm -hmm. a balancing act it's just it's tricky I feel like they took away everything in one go, whereas they should have done it gradually, like say, oh, yeah, okay, everything's open, but you still need to wear masks. Not just like literally take everything away all in one go and expect people to just get on with it because it's just... For me, like, I know, like, a mask is a very... I can't say the word. Contentious issue. Um, but for someone that wore masks even before the pandemic and will have to wear them after the pandemic, you know, um, I, I don't have an issue with them. 
and so yeah personally i think you should still wear them inside sh shops unless you know you're medically exempt or whatever um but you know yeah I, I, people once once the government like said oh you know you don't have to like recommended you do but you don't have to like most people's like yeah. i'm done with this now I'm yeah done. Yeah. But, you know, it's been hard because people like, okay, I followed the rules, you know, I've had my jobs, I've done this, like, when will it end? They almost expect the government to be able to control Corona and be like, okay, you can stop now. Um, but it doesn't work like that. Like, believe me, like, everyone would want it to end. But people are just tired, like, collectively, people are just tired of it. So I understand it from that um, point of view. But also, you know, I'm still wearing my mask and, you know, being respectful of people's faces. And, you know, that's, mm. I think the only thing you can do is control what you do yourself and take care of yourself. You know, you can't control anyone else and what they do. So oh, yeah. you can only control, you know, yourself and keep yourself safe and the people around you, you know, to mm. a certain degree. So, um, but there's like a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Yeah. yeah, some people can't even control themselves, as I've seen a few times. But yeah, <laughs> and you've Danny, the, sorry, yeah. you've hit the nail on the head that everybody is just uh, uh, done with this. Um, so oh. yeah, as soon as they were saying, uh, we think it's safe to go outside, you, they're just ripping the mask mm -hmm. off. That's it. But yeah, uh, what, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna pick up on Danny's comments. Like Doe predicted the future. They, they wore a mask before any of this. But, you know, I did see this coming. I remember um, when we first got the news of what was happening in, you know, China. And uh, it was around March time. And my sister was having a big birthday. This was before it even, like, got to the UK. Or like, maybe there was a few cases. Definitely before lockdown or anything. And mm. I was anxious to go there. And I was like taking hand sanitizer and I was like, why is no one else worried? Like, can they not see where this is going to go? Like, I could already see what was going to happen, what was going to go. I felt like mm. I went into lockdown before lockdown even started. I could I could see what was going to happen. And um, it was incredibly scary because I felt like no one else was taking it seriously. I feel like at that time, mm. some people even joking about it, like they, no one took it seriously. I was like thinking, um, okay, like all the flights need to be stopped now, like ages before, well, anyone could have said it before Boris, like, oh my gosh, let's not get into that. But um, yeah, it was just, it's been a lot. And to think like, it's going to be like, what, coming up like two years soon. That yeah that we've been going through this all and yeah it's kind of mind-blowing it is i definitely yes. think boris was way too slow to react but certainly oh with gosh, the yes. like sanitizing thing i was like i'd certainly been doing it a while because of thomas's diagnosis anyway but i certainly did up the ante when i started hearing things about it but certainly we we're way too slow over here way too slow and there were so many people that i feel lost their lives that oh, didn't yeah. need to because I mean, they just took way too long way too it's long it's devastating when you think of the amount of lives that have been lost to this like it's just absolutely and how many families you know that has affected and how many people are like grieving and going through that like collectively mm. that is such you know huge amount that is you know, they're all grieving this 
loss I just and I remember reading every day like and um you know people just talk about it as numbers and they would forget like each person was an individual with a family that people that loved them and cared yeah. about them and each life mattered and people would just be like oh well you know it's only like older people are oh there's only like this many numbers that have died and I'm like you need to remember like each person you know wanted to live each person that only yeah, could be so your sad, everything yeah. that's the thing that exactly. only could be your everything exactly. and it's like oh, it really got to me when they were like it's only this it's only that oh my gosh that upset me and I know how hard this must have been for you like you and Thomas like being very vulnerable with everything I was going on and like having to isolate like so much it must have been terrifying for you like absolutely and to hear people talk like as if people with you know like who were older or people in care homes or people with disabilities like their lives didn't matter yeah. it was absolutely like sickening to read that and to see how quickly um you know disabled or older people were just like thrown under the bus like and mm -hmm. their lives didn't matter yeah. uh, it was i actually yeah. felt sick reading it when people would just say like well it's only only the you know the people with you know, health conditions are going to die, or only the older people are going to die. Like, like they didn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I was disgusted when I saw people speak like that, and I just yeah. feel for everyone. Oh my gosh, it's been a lot. It's it's so been heavy, 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 heavy times everywhere because everybody that should have reacted and had the power to do things sooner just were too slow. And I think they honestly thought the whole herd immunity thing would work and it didn't. And then they like thought, oh, heck, you know, we've really messed up here and tried to do what they could, but it was too little, too late. Uh, like, yeah. And all of, all of the death and, and everything that has come from the pandemic is still, it's going to play that active role in the post-traumatic stress that we were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we are coming up on the hour mark, but I would like to take the last few minutes here for Doe to plug the walk again, please. Let everybody know what we're doing or what you're doing. Um, Thanks, Tim. So, yeah, I am going to be walking 100 miles or 160 kilometers um, this October to raise awareness and to raise money for Mind which is a mental health charity here in England and Wales. They do some great, great work. And, you know, mental health support is so very needed and so very lacking in funds. So if you want to sponsor me anything, a dollar, a pound, whatever it is, like, honestly, it will help. You can donate at tinyurl.com forward slash vegan dough. Gemma has posted it in the in the comments there so go click um donate anything you can it goes directly to the charity it is on a just giving page and I think they take PayPal Google Pay credit cards you know they there's do. some options so um yeah. yeah anything you can donate would be so appreciated I'm gonna be you know hapsing some of these walks as we go letting you know you know where we are how many miles we've got We've got a hundred miles to do, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of miles. But um I appreciate the support, I appreciate the donations that have been done already. And you know, I feel like mental health is very 
very important. And just as we work on our physical health and keeping our bodies healthy, we have to constantly work on our mental health. You know, it's not something you can just forget about. It's like, like a flower, you have to keep watering it and you have to keep working on it. And you have to, you know, you just have to keep going. So Absolutely. thank you everyone that's, that's donated so far. I appreciate you. Thank you so far. Yeah. And Jim and I would like to thank everybody for tuning in tonight and thank Joe Darling for joining us for this great conversation. And thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank absolutely. you for coming. Anytime. And we'll definitely be checking in with you on your walk. Uh, awesome. Especially the ones that you have. So I'll hop in and see how everything is going. Um, thanks again, everybody, for the awards. Um, that helps keep the show going. And uh, thank you to Ella my bunny valentine for sponsoring us um you can go to her site as well mybunnyvalentine.com use the code firedude15 for 15 percent off little guys like this so and cute. uh yes we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up thank you very much thanks again doe and uh we'll see everybody again next week don't forget <laughs> catalyst wednesday tonight with jim in chicago land only a few <laughs> fire pits left and you guys, you, you, you two need to get to bed. <laughs> I know, it's late. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.